Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me again is Josh Cacho, recapping a 2-0 win over Minnesota United, which have long been a bit of a thorn in LAFC's side. Uh, a couple weird results going Minnesota's way. Um, and LAFC were able to take care of business last night. Josh, how are you feeling? I mean, another night, another three points. Like it, it's becoming one of those situ these one of those situations where you know you you go into every game expecting to get a result, right? Um, again, whether that be a draw or or a or a win, but you you just have that confidence that you're going to get something from a game, right? Like, yeah. um, even in a game where you're down one, now you're like, okay, this team's going to figure out in the second half, right? Whereas in the past, I felt like if we didn't jump out to an early lead, then I didn't know if we had the ability to make adjustments, nor nor the wherewithal, right? You know, mm-hmm. or or the willingness to make those adjustments to be able to make changes heading into the second half. Whereas now it just feels like there's such a confidence in and from the players, from the coaching staff to the front office that that trust everyone to make adjustments you know regardless of the situation yeah right because that's the thing it's like as a coach if you're if you don't have confidence in your players you're to make the adjustment that you think you made be necessary do you even do it or do you just kind of stick with what what you're what you're doing and hope that eventually works out you know maybe you'll eventually be able to impose your will whereas you know i think we're in a different era of, of the league in the sense that like you know Teams are much more willing to spend money and and with the fine talent, and you know even though you know a lot of the tactics we still see are very much let's put it say not not favored <laughs> by the eyes. Um, uh-huh. At the end of the day, um, you know being able to now, like I said, have the have the confidence in your guys to execute changes at halftime to really come out and make adjustments. Um, Right, it says a lot about mm-hmm. about how this team has now come together. Yeah, I going back to like your subs and and the roster. I feel like when they make subs now, I mean, obviously the goals speak for themselves. But um, even a guy like Janela coming off the bench, I feel like I, I I couldn't tell you if it's because he has better instructions or just he has more confidence. Kind of like what you were saying, where he actually feels like. All right, this is like I'm coming on for a reason, not just to take minutes from somebody, right? So often last year, it felt like Danny Musovsky's getting subbed on because there's just, we're out, like there's nobody else. Who else is going to get subbed on in the 65th minute? Um, so he would come on, and uh, maybe you might see an appearance from Bryce Duke, but it, and as much as we love Bryce Duke, it's like you never really felt like, it was a it was a shift in like okay Mark Anthony K isn't getting that final pass threaded through so we're gonna put Bryce on there who's a bit more of a playmaker it was just kind of like ah we need a midfielder on you know we need a midfield sub so you on the end of the bench you're you're going on right um, and I Chirundalo just I, I I without being there and without talking to them and without talking to Steve as well it's hard to say what exactly is that that special sauce there that's making it all work, but it is undeniable that it's, that it's working really well. They're nine. They're, uh, what did we decide? They were seven, one and one, right? Mm-hmm. Only one loss, uh, one draw again in that weird game uh, against Portland. 
um, and they did it against Minnesota. And, you know, they have two big tests coming up in, uh, let's see, Philly and is it Red Bull? Is that who it is? Yeah. Um, Philly, obviously, is the this this weekend's game is probably the biggest yeah. of the year so far, yeah. right? In terms of a true test against a, a you know, kind of a like-for-like opponent, right? To right, be fair. right. So, I mean, I, everything's positive right now. Another clean sheet. They're putting away. They're putting out the fires that they need to. Uh, there's not as many fires to put out because of uh, Chirondolo's, you know, alterations to the to the game model, um, and it's just all it's all positive. Yeah, I mean, I think when when you look at this game in its entirety, right? Like it, it kind of still fell within what we've expected from LAFC this year, right? It's like a lot of feeling out the opponent, you know, early in the game, um, a willingness to, a willingness to not necessarily give up possession or anything like that, right. But I'll kind of allow, allow the other team to kind of, to show you what they got. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and LAFC has been, you know, hunkering down on defense, not, not quite, you know, you know, like a park the bus kind of mode, but definitely more where they're going to play a little bit more pragmatic in the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. And then as they start to find those opportunities, then start to really open things up and try and, and play their game. Um, and you saw that, right? On, obviously, the sharpness is still, has still yet to be at, at its best. I think that's something that we're still waiting to see in terms of where is that, where is that clinical finishing, that clinical... Uh, you know, where's that that final blow that they can put, you know, put to the opponent that that really you know shows the the true talent of this team. But at the same time, we're also yeah. playing with one of three DPs mm-hmm. available to us mm-hmm. at this point, right? And that also says quite a bit about this team, right? They, you know, again, imagine saying that you going back even to the 2019 season and say, okay, we're going to play with one of one of our three DPs and then see what we're going to get. Right. Yeah. I mean, we know, we know that all the offense in 2019 came through, through Vela and, and Rossi. Yeah. So if you take one of those, if you take Rossi out of the equation, even, even though Carlos had this incredible season, right. And sets all these records, it's not going to be enough to, to get you to where you were. So um, to see so many different players contributing in big ways, um, and then to see that those players that are regularly contributing, like Chicho and, and Opoku, who have a terrible night shooting the ball last night. I mean, the, of all, you know, I said it's all positive and it, and it is, but it's like those guys, those guys had a bad night at the shooting range. Like it was not, I, I think, I think Chicho's a bit in his head at this point and he's just trying to shoot ev- anything and everything. Um, and once they start falling, then he'll get back on the horse and, Opoku's just some bad decisions. Like there's no reason for him to take an outside of the boot shot when he's got plenty of time, like set that up and take it on your right. Like you should and go near post. Um, but like, that's, that's nitpicky stuff. Right. And eventually they get the job done. That, um, I mean, like think of like on, on for a pokey, right. That's almost purely an experience thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a kid. Like, of course. It's one of these things where things. it's like the typical growing pains of a young, of a young winger who's really, you know, who has, you know, all, all the talent in the world, but just got really got to kind of hone his craft and figure yeah. those things out. And only bo- the negative experiences are going to teach you 
what to do in those parts in those moments. Right. right it's like right. until you fail, you don't know what, what actually was right. So to you take know? like an extreme example, like think about young Neymar and like all the crazy stuff that he used to try. Yeah. And it's like that's just him. And so Apoku's who, 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 having this great season, right? He's coming into his own. He's really starting to feel himself. So, of course, he's going to test his limits. He's going to try little fancy things. Um, and then as he gets older, he'll start to clean that up and become much more technical and precise about it. But like, that's part of what makes him a fun player is he's going to try crazy stuff for no apparent reason, right? Um, so anyway, it's can't really be too disappointed in it, even no. if it is like – four clear goals that between the two of them that they should have had for sure. Right. And obviously you know, last year gives us some pause for concern, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, you know, how many times do we hear the, Oh, actually says that we're just unlucky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, um, but I guess, like I said, even if you're, we're unlucky and not, you know, you're only going to be unlucky so much because again, if they miss six clear, can't your they missed six clear chances. They still finished two. Um, yeah, and the defense yeah. is good enough to now end up with a two, nothing clean sheet too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to do it with a team that was very hot and cold, you know, in the past, this team, in my opinion, has a floor so high that again, you can, you can withstand some of those issues because again, like there, there's enough, there's enough veteran, you know, talent there that's going to be able to keep the ship afloat in when, you know, again, when things aren't going 100%, you yeah. know, in your favor. Yeah. The other thing I noticed last night, and I mean, of course, Diego Palacios had just an absolute monster performance last night, but even Escobar had a great night. And something that I noticed about the way that they were playing it is again, the interplay down like through the middle, like supporting the buildup in the middle third is incredibly important from that position, the way the LAFC play. And then as well, I don't feel like they are staying out as wide. Like how often did we see Diego Palacios and Franco Escobar actually in the box? Like we've called for with wingbacks, right? You got to get in the box and attack. And I feel like that's made Palacios much more dangerous when it's not just like you talked about a couple weeks ago, not just the overlap, not just burning by somebody to support, to provide an overlapping run, but interplay through the middle third and then getting forward and being willing to cut inside like that. And I mean, you see, you see the interplay between him and Janela. Neither one of those guys were playing left wing and they yeah. torch that two V two situation. And he ends up, you know, with the kind of like a cutback pass for the, for the goal. And Franco Escobar had, had a couple of different uh, opportunities like that from around that same spot in the box. So, I feel like that's a, another positive development. Well, absolutely, and and it makes it makes your attackers that much more dynamic, right? Yes, because yes. if if you know that you're only going to make that overlapping run, right, and like and over the and when you have Hollingshead playing inverted, but not really <laughs> right. um, on that right hand side, and again, this is just a big thing because we've for the longest time assumed that Hollingshead was was left footed, having played left back his entire career, only to find out from our good friend Vince that he's indeed right footed and just hasn't played on the right side ever. But what I will say is he's one of the few guys that plays the left back position where it's not readily apparent that like, oh, this guy's actually 
right-footed. Like yeah. Marco Farfan was clearly right-footed, right? Is, am I thinking of the right guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And so, you know, again, when you, but, you know, when you were in the last, last couple of games, you know, what, but what, four games ago when we were kind of being a little bit more critical, I think it was after the Galaxy game where we were being definitely a lot more critical of how those guys built up and what they were doing in the buildup. You had Hollingshead that was only underlapping and then Palacios who was only overlapping yeah. on those sides. But yeah. what you saw in this past game was under and overlapping runs from both fullbacks, which allows Vela and Vela Opoku, and then basically also a co- and basically that that middle four, right? Because they're they're kind of in that four one four one right now, uh-huh. as a po- ish, right? As opposed to like a pure four through three. Yeah, so it they're, definitely they're, is. Yeah, right. They're they're a lot deeper than you wouldn't expect, but now you have these like winding runs and interchanging space and all these different things, which just gives you way more dynamism and attack, right? As yeah. opposed to, like I said, what we had seen, which it it felt like the patterns of play had gotten static. Yeah, right. And, and I do think this 4-1-4-1 uh, has helped to, again, for me, it's about the play in the middle of the pitch, right? So you, it, I feel like everybody knows. Everybody knows our shtick at this point. <laughs> We're going to harp on the midfield, Yeah. And the way that you help that out is you provide wing support, either from the wingers themselves or from the fullbacks as they move up the field. Uh, I do want to go back to my Marco Farfan comment. A lot of people were calling for him to play right back because he was capable, but he is left-footed. And when he played on the when he played at right back, it was very apparent that he was not right-footed. Right. So Hollingshead is the inverse of that. Um, but anyway, that's all. That's all aside. But yeah, I, I, this four-one-four-one, it gets it gets some of these players on the ball earlier. Um, it allows, it seems to allow anyway, uh, more of a true positional play where you have guys rotating in possession more frequently. Um, and again, the perfect example of that is the Cifuentes goal. It, it, I know it, um, it comes at the end of the game when we're already up and we're kind of clowning on them, but the way that Janela moves out to the out to the left wing to support and the way that especially Janela comes back for the ball once Palacios has it, he comes back for the ball on this diagonal run, then just taps it back to Palacios, then makes another darting run to the flag. And then it allows Palacios to basically switch with him. It really shows what you can do to a defense by moving the ball around, right? It's the Greg Berhalter cliche of we're going to disorganize the opponent using the ball, but it's at, they're actually doing it, right? Yeah. Um, so stuff like that is really, really encouraging to me. And that's from Janela, who's a guy who hasn't been able to sniff the field at all um, for the past few years. So, you know, maybe he turns a corner too, the way that Palacios has this year, where at the beginning of the year, it was like, dude, Escobar can't get healthy fast enough because Palacios looks lost. And then the last three or four games, he's he seems to have figured out exactly what to do now. Uh, exactly what his role under Steve Terundolo is. So if Janela can make that happen too, you're you're looking at a midfield that all of a sudden is really deep and probably going to get deeper this summer with a with a DP signing, right? So yeah. I mean that's pretty incredible. Well, you have to feel that that Steve is putting guys in an opportunity to fail and fail enough that they figure it out. Yes, right, and yeah. and. 
the one thing that I felt over the last couple of years with especially a lot of these young guys, right, is again, you you find yourselves in this situation where unless you're perfect, you weren't going to be, you weren't going to get run, right? And it yeah. feels like Steve has given them that that leeway to be able to kind of, you know, again, to, to figure these things out in real time. You know, again, because the defense is so sound. Yeah. Right. And that, that. that is the yeah. biggest thing, right? It's like, I think when he first came in, the pragmatism at which they set, they set up the team allows now for these young midfielders to mess up and it's okay. Yeah. Right. Like if your defense is sound, Andre Orta. Exactly. May exactly still be on this team. Going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, or it has been sold off for even more money than what you got back. Right. Because right. again, like in that one moment, like, you know, yeah, like it was a terrible pass back. Right. Mm-hmm. But why were we pushed up so high anyways at that point? Yeah. Up, up a goal. Right. Like right. you were saying, like you were, you made this comment a few minutes ago where you said, yeah, we're, you know, when Janela makes that pass, we're kind of clowning on Minnesota. It's like, when were we ever, ever clowning on anyone up one nil? Yeah. Right. When we yeah. did, we feel comfortable enough to say, oh, yeah, we're, we have this one. It's, we're up one nothing, you know, with, with, I mean, again, it was in the 89th minute or so, but there's still extra time. But again, until that whistle blew in the last couple of years, even in 2019, you're kind of holding your breath saying, hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we're gonna be able to hold hold the lead, right? Right, and so again, I think, um, you know, Turnello coming in and really firming up the defensive setup, right? And again, I think him himself. I think that I was reading an article in the Athletic, and they were talking about how the basically the way that it, the the practices are structured is that it's. Dos Santos and and Tronola basically are the defensive co- he's, it's like are the defensive coordinators mm-hmm. of the team and Razov is the one who coordinates the attack. I mean that's pretty incredible though, right? You have yeah. Tronola, one of the most stalwart USMNT defenders, made a living in Germany for years before any American was doing it, right? And then Ante Razov was one of the most prolific scorers in MLS, right? So I mean that's that's it's a pretty incredible staff. Of course, but um, you but even you also have as a coach, you have to have the humility, right? Yes. And also, you know, and again, maybe humility is not even the right word, but you have to have the confidence in your own staff. Humility for yourself, but confidence in the people that you've surrounded yourself with to do their job and to do their job well, right? To be right. able to take your hands off the gas and not micromanage and not do you know, the things that, we pro- that again, and like, may- maybe maybe this is us just kind of projecting what we felt from, you know, the vibes that we felt during Bob's tenure, but it definitely felt like he was all control at all times. Yeah, yeah. Right, versus this one, it seems like there's there's more of, more willingness from Trenlo to say, hey, like, I'm going to let you do your, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you, this is what I expect from you. And then I'm yeah. going to let you try and do it. It's a different leadership style for sure. Absolutely. Right. And I mean, it goes beyond just the uh, kind of touchy feely, like just bark at them until they do what, until they do what you want, Bob Bradley, which is fine. Like that's Thomas Tuchel, right? Like that's, that's a lot of mm-hmm. great managers are like that, but it doesn't always last very long. Um, and then the Steve Chirundolo kind of like more of a, uh, it takes a village to raise a child. Like everybody get involved. I'm going to delegate things. But the, I mean, 
the risk there is sometimes that doesn't work, right? Sometimes guys go, you know, uh, OFP on you, right? Uh, and they just do whatever they want. So it, it, what, that, like this process that they have right now is working well. But anyway, let's talk about some of like the details in this game. Um, so last night when I I got back from a backpacking trip, I was only able to catch the, the second half last night, watch the first half today. But when I turned it on, it was like, okay, they're not winning second balls. And like, they're just taking these crazy shots and they're not falling. Like, a couple things need to change. And it was like 65th, 70th minute came and it was like everything, Gerundolo made a, a couple changes and boom, everything snapped together. And it was just these waves of attacks uh, over and over and over again, just peppering Minnesota until they fell. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a it was a good game. It took a, it took them a while to break it down. And again, like we said, Minnesota's been a team that has kind of had LEFC's number for a while. But in the end, they got the job done in emphatic fashion. I would say. Yeah, and Minnesota's no no like as a team is no slouch. No, right, like no. they're stalled. They've always been a stalwart defensive team, right? Under Adrian Heath, like yep. you know, again, it, it's not our it's not our favorite type of football to watch, right? But they're they are organized at the back, right? And they're going to yeah. be difficult to break down. And then on top of that, right, you add a couple pieces like they have in in um, Reynoso, I believe, is their their number ten, mm-hmm. right? And he can orchestrate, especially on the counter, right? Like yeah, they're they look like you know they were you know, happy to kind of just allow LAFC to try and break them down and then try and fault, find the ball to the feeder right now. So let him, let him figure it out from there. And so again, like those, those teams are dangerous, but fortunately for us, we have, you know, the, the recovery King in Jesus David Murillo, who again, <laughs> like in a one V one, you know, I'm not one V one, but like, you know, in a regular, you know, set piece defending or some of these things, you're kind of hold your breath a little bit, but, yeah. When he's trying to chase someone down, there's there's no one better in the league, right? At at, at running down a guy, you so know, in a recovery setting. When the more that I watch Mario, and the more that I try and like figure out the MLSisms, um, which so often just drive me crazy and like kind of like give me the secondhand embarrassment <laughs> for like the league in general. Um, when I saw Mario make that two footed like that completely unnecessary two-footed tackle where he just like jumps and spikes the ball with both feet last night. Mm-hmm. The first thing I thought was, oh, Mario is new who. Yeah. Like that's what he is. Like he's going to put out a ton of fires. He's going to do some brilliant things and he's going to make some really, really boneheaded mistakes. But like he is new who playing center back, actual center back, not like a left center back and a back three or a wing back. Uh, without all the MLS hype. Am I wrong about that? No. I mean, again, like, you know, like, new who's like what? Like, a, what do they call the, what's the terminology for? Like, a, a, like a cult, cult, a cult hero. Yeah. 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 In, in, in Seattle lore at this point. And Mario is probably something similar, right? In terms of like, you know, he's going to have these disaster moments, but he's also going to have this, you know, he's going to come up with the biggest play in the biggest moment. Yeah. Well, so I guess what I'm asking here is, do we need to just stop with the criticism 
and embrace it for what it is, a la Seattle? Or do we have some sort of self-awareness and continue to be like, you know what? He does some brilliant things. Just like you said, like one-on-one, I don't know that there's a center back that I trust more to put out those those fires when they do happen. But there's going to be some crazy stuff that happens. And like, had he missed that two-footed tackle or had he two-footed the player? I don't, I don't remember who he's tackling the ball away from, but had he two-footed the shins of that player instead of the ball, like we'd all, we'd be singing a very different story today. And I feel like that's, that's that's Mario. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think part of that is right. I think he's a tap. That's basically what you have to do in a salary cap league, right? Yeah. Like yeah. anyone who can do all those things is not going to be here for very long. Yeah. Right. right? Like those that's guys true. are getting. That's true. Right. Yeah. Anyone that that can do, you know, that's going to be able to play the ball with their feet, that's going to be good in one on ones, that's going to be great on set pieces, is going to be somewhere in Europe making, you know, making DP money. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've been talking about Mamadou Fall. How he's probably like enjoying while you can because he probably you probably have this year, like maybe till next summer, really. Yeah, and, and so, then you're back to Mario playing. But yeah. I, another thing that I just thought of too, like look at his goal against Orlando. Yeah. Like, why is why is Jesus yeah, David Mario like in the box for this ball that squirts forward, and he like makes this sliding goal? Like the man is new, right? Yeah, you know, and so when you when you look at some of those things and you look at how, you know, it all plays out, right? It's like to me, I think ultimately it comes down to okay, it's what you would you have to come to expect. It's expectations you have to have for the league as a whole, right? Because again, there are going to just be limitations on the product that you're going to get because of the money that you're able to spend. Now, I think in in a system with the right coach, it's, it's fine. Right, yeah. like yeah. the thing is, it's like Mario under on last year's team makes you want to pull your hair out because everyone else around him was just as bad. Yeah, right. Like right. Fall had his moments last year, but he he, he he that's he also went through his growing pains last year as well. Yeah, right. Like yeah. for as many like, awesome I mean, things as he did, look at, like look he, at Mario in CCL though. Like I mean, absolutely crushed it in CCL. Uh-huh. Right, so. It's just ups and downs, and yeah. and who's around? But like, like you know, be pair him with Eddie Segura and a solid you know combination, you know, to his you know on on the flanks, he's yeah. probably going to be fine. Pair him with you know random wingbacks or whatever it may be. Change the system thirty seven times. Yeah, you're you can't expect you know you can't expect him to fit in seamlessly. Right, right. right? Like you barely see that. You barely see that even at in the Premier League. Right, guys mm-hmm. fitting in with you know in in like these you know you'll see a, oh great defender and then you watch them and like they've they've gone through five different coaches in a season and the guys yeah. lost right you know right so you know the stability goes a long way in terms yeah. of him him being able to get the most out of guys like that right where it's like right. high floor high risk high reward um, you know and so compa- you know comparatively to a guy like Segura who's definitely more you know like maybe a lower ceiling, but definitely a higher floor in terms of the play that you get. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you, you mentioned stability again, and this is kind of a, one of our themes, Terundolo adding stability to the back line, playing more pragmatic and the development of these fullbacks under Steve Terundolo, who was again, a fullback himself. So maybe it's no surprise, but um, you now have a back line 
of three solid center backs um, in Eddie Segura, once he comes back, Mario and Fall. And so, I mean, either, any of those guys can start from day to day. Again, you and I are kind of on the record saying that it should probably be Segura and Fall. We'll see how Segura looks when he comes back from his injury to see if that holds true. But also, what do you do about the fullbacks where essentially you have uh, a left back in Diego Palacios who who's, can't come off the field right now, Franco Escobar who's now healthy and looks like he has to stay on the field. But you now have Ryan Ryan's Holling, Ryan Hollingshead, excuse me, who's got three goals and can play both sides apparently just fine. You and I like him more on the left, but um, so you kind of have this swing fullback, which I think is something that JT has been trying to nail down for a while. He loves these guys that can play more than one position because of the roster flexibility it gives you. So what I'm getting at here is you have three guys for both positions. Um like basically three options for both positions on the back line. So you talk about stability, like that's it. That's the way to long-term success in MLS is being able to rotate guys in and out like that for different competitions or whatever um, you need. And, and I think not only that, right? Like you're going to be able, because you have a solid three, you're going to be able to keep guys happy, you know, again, because yeah. you're going to guys get rest and guys get playing time, right? When yep. you kind of have that ability to basically take your, your two in Palacios and, and uh, and Escobar, and then as one get, as one side gets tired or needs a break, Hollingshead plays the uh, what in the opposite, right? And he's yeah. the guy that kind of fills in on both yeah. sides as need be, and you don't break a sweat. Yeah, or or Palacios, you know, starts five games in a row and he needs a spell, so Hollingshead starts, and it's Palacios that comes on for ten minutes, and Escobar comes off, or you know, there's it gives you a lot of flexibility. And legitimate flexibility. You know, they tried a lot of this stuff last year and we would always bemoan it. Like, stop doing this nonsense of moving Farfan to center back, whatever the heck you were doing. Just play guys in the right position. Yeah. But, but again, you finally seem to have hit that sweet spot with guys that can that can play the, both positions. Yeah. I mean, and you have to have a guy like Ryan, Ryan Hollingshead, right? Uh, a league veteran who's been there before. So you don't have yeah. to worry about his acclimation to to the country, to the league, all these different things, right? It's just sticking a guy who's been there, done it before. Now yep. he has experience playing on both sides of the, both uh, on both uh, flanks. So again, I, I think it, it helped. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those situations where, you know, obviously is it, it's never. It's not always ideal to be able to shift people around that much, like we've been moaning yeah. in the past. But yeah. if you're going to do it, you better do it with a guy like that, right? Because yeah. there's not going to be a ton of drop off, um, you know, in that. Yeah. Uh, let's move it. Let's move it forward in the formation because I feel like there's so many positive things to talk about in this in this match uh, with the midfield. Ilya Sanchez also had a phenomenal game. Uh, yeah. Kellen Acosta right next to him. As you as you look around the field, it's like so many of these new signings are just dynamite, right? Uh, Ilya and Acosta are doing exactly what we've been asking for for the past year and a half in the midfield. Interplay, right? Playing together and then finding the free man that they create because they're doing so. Um, just fun to watch. And uh, it, it, maybe it's still too early to tell, but man... Highway robbery with Colorado losing 
Kellen Acosta for Mark Anthony K. Just crazy. You and I kind of looked at it as a very similar swap, similar money, but man, Acosta is just better at midfield things than, than Mark Anthony K is. I'm sorry. Well, that's the thing. And, you know, again, I think not only do you get, you know, the the interplay and those types of things, the counter press was again, something we haven't quite seen in the way that we did yesterday, but it was suffocating at times yesterday. Even Vela picked up a ball. I like shortly after the second half started, he picked up a ball that, St. Clair tried to play out to the to the right fullback. No. And it was just kind of Vela like very casually moving over, like almost to say, like, I'm not actually going after this ball. And then just getting there at the right time and picking yeah. it off. And I think that was one that Chicho put over the bar. Yeah. But but, it, but it's one of these ones again where it's like, you know, it, it's 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 not a the way that they're pressing so much more intelligent. Right then, yeah. Then what it felt like at times in the past, where it's like, again, like I think I've always compared it to like, you know, youth soccer magnet ball, where you just see, you know, especially when it's not going well, where you just see a swarm of a swarm of LAFC players trying to chase the ball around. Yeah. And like you, and when that's what ultimately pulled guys out of position at times, right? Whereas yeah. now, it there 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 has to be probably different triggers installed for the press because again it seems like they they're they're way more patient and it, again for one it saves guys legs right they yeah well feel- i mean that's and that's part of pressing right is pressing you have you have different areas that you want to funnel the ball to and the idea is you funnel the ball somewhere because it makes their play predictable so then you can have your pressure and your cover right so in the play that i was describing i think it was chicho was the pressure on that one going after St. Clair to, and he's kind of bending his run to push St. Clair to his right. And Vela gradually becomes the the cover almost as if baiting St. Clair into playing the ball into his path. Um, and then you cover up everywhere else. And what was frustrating me is they'd force a long ball, a long ball over the top and like Mario or fall or even Ilya would win the long clearance. And then we wouldn't win the second ball. And that's what eventually got cleaned up throughout the half. But yeah, I mean, the, the press is, the press is well coordinated. I, I, I do agree with that. As yeah. opposed to just kind of this helter skelter run after the ball and see if you can nick it away and counterattack immediately. Yeah. I mean, again, and like I said, Latif, you, you, you know, you can almost do it with let Latif do that by himself, right. With the current formation, yeah. right. Like yeah. Latif, they just kind of, you turn them loose in the midfield and then he's almost the guy that in the midfield that causes that triggers the press, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. He does his thing. He chases after it, and then when it goes one way, then that's when the next move comes. Right, right. So well, I mean, he's he, kind of back to that anti ten role that we talked yeah. about for so long in twenty nineteen, where it's like there's enough structure there to let him go and do his wrecking ball thing, uh, and there's a you know it's not it doesn't disorganize everybody else as a result. Mm-hmm. You know, especially because you have Acosta dropping deeper, they, you don't have they're not finding yeah. themselves in the same channels the way that you normally you know they do it they they would before, and so again that's why it's like it's like you have to appreciate the the the, the minor adjustments and minor details that maintain the principle but allows the same the guys to thrive yeah in the same in the same, yeah. in the same breath yeah um so I mean we've talked about a bunch of that. Uh, Again, the Hollingshead goal comes on another set piece. So it's kind of this theme, like 
LAFC are becoming lethal on set pieces uh, in a way that I don't ever remember them being before, unless it was in 2019, it was Carlos just had the free kicks dialed in, um, which he doesn't have this year in the same way, but they're scoring from a lot of corners. And it's also, he's another sub, right? Both him and Sifu are, are subs that score again. So I know there's some questions about that, but um, yeah, like just a, a really solid performance, a fun, a fun game to watch. Uh, they're back to being fun. So uh, anything else before we get into questions here, Josh? No, let's do it. All right. I probably should have brought these up beforehand. Let's see here. I think we have quite a few. All right. First one from Justin33W. I literally whispered, who are we? Barcelona? Right before Sifu's goal. Seems like this team just needs to play off instinct in front of goal. Seems like they think too much and build up. Fun game nonetheless. Uh, It's interesting because when you hear about Pep, he's like very meticulous and methodical about building up in the final, in the, in the, defensive third building up in the in the middle third and then he's much more free about the way that he lets his team attack you know like they have things that they want to do for sure using the the attacking mids through the half spaces getting the ball to the inline and cutting back right but he's not as much of a stickler for the exact tactics on how to do that so uh I, I do agree. Like let the, let them combine together and see what they can, what they can create because you have good players that are capable of doing that. Yeah. And I, and here's the thing. It's like, I think this team, you know, the rest of the team provides enough of a platform in terms of stability that those guys should be more free to, you know, to try and, and be a little bit, you know, to try a little bit more, be a little bit more risky, right. If you will. Um, which again, maybe some of it is just trying to shake off the the habits you have from the Bob years, right? Where like that's ex- you know he you know he wants you to walk it into the goal. That's how good your passing should be, and all yeah, yeah. these type of things. Whereas now, right with with the reins taken off, you know a little bit and kind of giving them the opportunity to do their thing. You know, again, it seems like again it's it's just going to try. It's going to be a little bit more about just kind of shaking off the 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 specter of, of 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 Bob, if you will, I think is, is a little bit still hanging hanging over there in terms yeah. of how they yeah. approach the final third. Yep. All right, Lavanda Popular. Um, seemed like Minnesota was really shutting down our build up play in the first half. What did you see in their defensive scheme that we struggled with? Uh, again, I, the biggest the biggest thing for me, and I don't know if it's necessarily our build up because it's more our pressing strategy of trying to win second balls in the midfield. That's just, so when they would send a ball long and lose it, their counter pressing against us in the midfield on that second ball was just more effective for me. That's, that's how I saw it. Uh, I don't know if you saw something else, Josh. No, I mean, they're set up to play defensively, right? They're in a four, two, three, one. Yeah. Those, those mid defensive midfielders are going to drop in and, you know, provide like a line of six. So again, it's mm-hmm. it's never going to be easy to try and play through something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Samber Amarath, I need to see more players move to the far post, both in free play and on set pieces. More first time shots before the window of opportunity closes. More composure. Keep it low and fast. 
no notes for the defense other than learn to run like Escobar. His form is class. Yeah, Escobar, again, great game. Uh, overshadowed completely by the other two fullbacks somehow. Uh, the the one time when I thought that there was a back post runner missing, uh, it was an attack from I, Palacios gets into the box and he takes what looks to be, I, I honestly don't know what it is. It looks like it could have been a cross and Acosta isn't quite there yet. I would have liked to have seen him make a, um, a move earlier, but Palacios is in a position where he could have shot. And so it could be a shot that he took where he tries to drag it across the face of goal low. Um, and then it ends up a poor shot, but kind of looks like a cross. So it's, it's, it's tough to say what it actually was. Uh, anything on this one, Josh? Well, I, I think part of it, part of it is the starting points, right? They're a little bit, your, your wingers are a little starting a little bit deeper, right? Than I think they would be under normal circumstances. So it, def, it definitely gives, compresses the field a little bit so you know to have that back post runner they're going to have to come the the run is a lot longer right so I, I, again i think especially to expect that if the buildup has was on the left like it was the majority of the night right you're expecting now that means vela having to make a long run into maybe not get the ball and it's yeah. just, just not his game yeah. right um and latif is on the other side of that so again i think you see it change a little bit when sifu comes in Right, Sifu Sifu's mm-hmm. a little bit more willing to crash versus I didn't think that that Vela did it, if at all, during yeah. the game. Yeah. It's just not what he does. Uh Jonathan at Boozology. Our boy Jonathan. Uh with a sixty thirty a minute blend of Sifu and Blessing, who should get the sixty minute star? I really like this question. I, I think it's a I think it's a tougher one to answer than uh you might you might think on you know just just initially because they they are similar players in that they are really hard working on defense they do different things on offense um i feel like latif is going to give you some more dynamic runs he's going to show up in spots where you might not expect him he's going to be a little bit better about slicing and dicing defenses on the dribble but he's not very good in front of goal <laughs> and sifu is better in front of goal. He's going to take some more long range shots that are just wild. I feel like last night he had one where he pulled back, uh, like he was open to shoot and then didn't shoot. Like I, he, he second guessed himself enough in a really open spot to, for me to think, did Chirondolo take this, the green light from him because he has so many wild shots. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think you just, you just rotate them. I think you just go 60-30, you split them whenever guy whenever a guy needs a break. Or, you know, like right now Latif is playing really good as a starter. So you ride that until you decide Sifu needs to start and you just let it roll. I mean, the answer is seemingly we have to wait until July because whoever they bring in July will be the combination <laughs> of both of those guys. Right. This is going to move both of them to the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Because again, I mean, ultimately, right? Like, yeah, the, that's the, the spot light, that's open. Yeah, because you're not taking a cost off the field. You're not taking Sanchez off the field because they give they just give you too yeah. much. And so, the the one spot where obviously, and if Rodriguez comes back, he's he's going back to he's going back there. So what? Unless you're unless you're going to tell me you're going to bring in, you know, and I don't think Arango's coming off the bench. You know, coming coming going back to the bench unless you get a guy that's. I don't know. 
I mean, Vela looked. Vela does look much better on the wing again. Like yeah. I, he's got to play on the wing. So unless Opoku's going to the going to the to the nine, or you have Brian play there as a as a false nine, then I, I yeah, it's it's tough. You know, so I mean, you could do the Opoku on the right, Rodriguez on the left, Vela to the middle, right? Yeah. That you saw earlier earlier on. Like you know, Vela looks a little, he's. Gave him a couple more touches, a little bit more dynamic there, I guess. But again, it's a good problem to have. But again, ultimately, yeah. the one spot where you can say, okay, this is the one, this is the spot on where this is where we're going to spend money is probably in that third midfield spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because then it you have an easy replacement for if Acosta leaves as well. Right. Right. Because he's playing well enough to hopefully make a move. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I think what you do is is you really want to highlight Acosta because he you already know he's looking for a move, right? Sifu is a guy who's going to get pegged for a move. Um, did, is Ecuador Ecuador made qualified for the World Cup, right? I believe so. You have to imagine Sifu's going to be there, and he's probably going to be one of those guys that sees his profile raise quite a bit in Qatar. Um, so he could be a winner transfer. Uh, next year. So you have to keep everybody involved. You can't just bench Latif outright and only play Sifu because he could, he could end up gone. So you got to keep Latif happy, happy as well. So yeah, I, I think you just continue to split it. Um, however you see fit, however, Tarundalo, I mean, he's clearly got his finger on the pulse. So whatever he wants, however he wants to split that time is fine with me. Yeah. Because it seems like whoever, however, when he does it, they're bought in, right? Like, you know, whoever basically then has come in and made an immediate impact right away on the game. Yeah. So as long as he can keep pulling those strings to continue to get impact from starter, you know, from both starter and sub. Yeah. It's hard to, it, you're not going to be wrong very much. Yep. Yep. All right. Great question. Next one. Another good question or comment really uh, from Mike Beats. LAFC have conceded zero goals in second halves. Zero goals, Josh. <laughs> They've scored 13 in second halves, only eight in first halves. That's a pretty significant difference after only nine matches. Imagine if they could put a full 90 together. Um, to me, this is kind of this is kind of the plan, right? You nick one away if you can in the first half. And I mean, eight goals isn't all that bad. It, uh I think some teams only have like let's see Vancouver so eight goals in first halves that is more than Sporting KC has eight and Vancouver only has six Nashville only has nine Galaxy only have 10 goals this year that's kind of crazy to me um so I mean it's a eight is a respectable number to have in the first half. I think it's just so, so surprised. It's kind of overshadowed by the 13 goals in second halves and 13 goals is good for. Let's see the only teams that are ahead of them in total goals uh, would be Austin has 22. FC Dallas has 14 and San Jose has 15. So there's only three teams in the Western Conference, at least, that have more goals than LAFC has if you only count the second half. So pretty crazy. Like, that's that's a wild, wild stat. Um, I don't know, but I'm glad Mike 
brought that to our attention. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it'll be tough to kind of figure out what that means in the long run, but you know, I'm yeah. confident that I'm confident that given, again, I think the, the, the thing I'm most confident is that even to who would have ever said that as an LAFC fan. Yeah. Right. And the thing is you're confident in the defense, but you didn't have to sacrifice the offense for yeah. it. So, all right. Uh, our friends at Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast. What are your preferred outside back pairings with Escobar back? This is tough, man. This is not easy. This is not easy. I think for the longest it was Escobar and Hollingshead, right? Was what yes. probably what we thought. Yes. But the way that Cheeky's been playing, it's probably Escobar, what we saw this game. Escobar, Cheeky. And then if you were going to fill it in with the rest of the back line, it's probably, as of right now, Fallen Mario. Right. Yeah, that basically the that back, that back, you know, back five, including Sanchez, mm-hmm. right, is exactly how you would probably set up. You know, that's an ideal setup at that point. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think my answer here has less to do with Escobar being back and more to do with Palacios just lighting the place on fire the past couple games, where all of a sudden, like for the longest time, you're, you're right. Uh, we were just like, Escobar's got to come back so we can move Hollingshead back to the left. Uh, but at this point, Palacios is is on a tear. So, which again is crazy because Hollingshead comes on, he gets what ends up being the game winner, right? So mm-hmm. just, uh, just a weird place to be with so many good options. Uh, but that's probably my my go to, just because. I'm still not convinced Hollingshead is a right back. And we've talked about this a couple of times before. A lot of the goals that LAFC have conceded this year have come with Hollingshead at right back. Uh, So it's nothing against him personally. It's just he's a left back primarily. Um, All right, Lionel Hutz. I think it's fair to give Dolo credit for the improvement in set-piece execution. Under Bob, it felt like we consistently wasted corner kick chances but they are consistently finding targets in the box and preventing open headers on the defensive end. Yeah, I think their corners, they have a much better, a lot of the service goes towards the back post and they're just trying to knock a ball down, right? For somebody else to shoot, which is a good, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good strategy because like in this one, Musovsky doesn't actually win the ball that uh, gets knocked down to Hollingshead. I think mm-hmm. it comes off the back of a Minnesota United player. So you're kind of just hoping for chaos, right? You're putting it in a place and you want to have runners in place basically to take those shots. And we've also talked about Sifu being outside the box, ready to pounce on on balls and send it back into play. But anyway, anything on that? No. Like I said, I think you explained that one to the T. Yeah. All right, Tom Camilleri. Palacios was man of the match. Shout out to Ilya, who was constantly putting out fires in the midfield. Fall is starting to worry me with his penchant for lazy passes and touches and general unawareness of his surroundings. He's young, but needs to tighten this up. I think that's exactly it. He's young. Yeah. He'll figure it out. The thing is, it's like he's growing more confident, similar to what we said about Opoku. So he's going to try more things. He's going to start to get comfortable. Yeah, and, and, then, and, yet, and I think, ahead. like I said, at least on top of that, you have you have a coach that's willing to give him that, that runway to, right, to be able to both succeed and make mistakes. Right. I think that will pay dividends in the long run because and as a young defender, you can look to your coach who probably has the connections, probably has, you know, the experience to, to help you get to that point. So, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I'm also curious. 12 guys have goals, eight goals by subs. What is better or more sustainable this way where anyone can step up or Vela and Rossi scoring 54% of the goals? It's this way. Like yeah. This is it. You struck gold with Vela and Rossi, but you see what happens as soon as those guys aren't necessarily involved for injury or transfer or they go through a rut. Um, then your offense just dries up. Uh, whereas this, it's like you're putting guys in positions to succeed and all they have to do is step up and capitalize. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the this, the floor is so high with this team just based on how how they went about the roster construction. So, again, yeah. you, have, you have to think that that was going to play a factor in the long run. Yep. Corey at We Don't Post Ever. Why is our subbing so good? Is Chirundolo playing 3D chess or is he just missing on the starting line? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Corey, post more. Um, That's good. I, I think it's I think it's his ability to look at the game and see what it needs, right? He sees we don't have control of the midfield, so he subs in Janela uh, for a guy that we've praised, right? Colin Acosta, right? Did he take mm-hmm. off Acosta or did he take off Blessing? for Blessing. And then Acosta was for Sifu. Is that what it was? Uh, no, let's see here. Because you had Musovsky came in, or it was, yeah. The the four subs were Escobar, Vela, Blessing, and Opoku. So I think you okay. had uh, Hollingshead came in for for Escobar. For Escobar, Janela came in for Blessing, and then you had Sifu and Musovsky come in for. Okay. Opoku and yeah. So whatever he does in the midfield, like he, he puts these midfielders in position, right? And all of a sudden, it, it's all clicking. Um, I, I'd have I, I should probably go back and look at exactly how that played out in terms of positioning. Um, but I, he, he's just pulling the right strings, and uh, I mean, Holling said, I, I don't think he's scoring simply because. Chirundolo subbed him on, right? That's not why Chirundolo subbing him on is for his... I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he knows that he's just really good on set pieces and that they're desperate for a goal. Uh, to me, that's not that's not the reason. He's probably just saving Escobar's legs at that point. Um, but certainly the Janela and Sifu uh, involvement on Sifu's goal is is just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. So I wonder if that's why you, you see Janela up in, there, in that location on the left-hand side interplaying with Palacios because Acosta's still in the game. So, you know, you have to think maybe that when Janela playing in, left wing, almost, yeah. Or left midfield, right? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they kind of went to a four, four, two diamond there uh, with Janela as an eight on one side and Acosta on the right as the other. And Sifu's yeah. kind of in a 10 role. Who knows? Behind, hmm. behind Musovsky, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of spearheading the, or, or behind Arango. You have yeah no because you had Musovsky come in onto the right because that's where he makes that that his messy run, and then you have yeah. Janela come in on the left ha- on the left wing next to Acosta. Yeah. yeah. So again, I think like I said, the the starting points of this thing make it make it a little bit more complicated trying to figure mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. All right, donuts at Steely Zidane. Diego Palacios was nearly perfect tonight. Easily the best game of his LAFC career. Amazing performance. We've kind of touched on this already, but. Again, the way that he 
to use another kind of buzzword at this point in the show, the way that he interplays with the midfield in this game is so much better. And it's not just on the Janela sequence. It's in the defensive and middle thirds as well. Uh, so much better. And he's not just going towards the flag and lumping and crosses. He's, he's cutting in early and dribbling into the box. He's cutting in late and, and sending like, cutback crosses. It's just so much more creative. He's finding people's feet at the top of the box. I think for the Opoku shot, Mm -hmm. he finds Chicho like right at the top of the box or near it to his feet through traffic. So uh, he's just doing a better job of actually passing to people, getting to a spot where he can, and then serving up better passes, not just looping crosses, trying to be David Beckham. Yeah. Again, when it's not your game. Yeah. Yeah. Also, LAFC doesn't have anybody to to loft it up to, so uh, you got to play some. You got to play differently. Uh, that's all for questions. Thank you all for for tweeting at the show, Josh. Anything else to get to tonight? No, I mean, like I said, we're entering into Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, mm. so come check it. Um, yeah, can, please go and check out some of the stuff that's been going on within the LAFC community. Um, you know. F- from you know supporter groups like TSG, um, that would be our Korean-based group. There's a lot of uh, Filipinos that are kind of spread out throughout a bunch of different groups. We kind of have a little little group called Isang Bayan, which is you know the kind of the a mixture of different people from different SGs as well um, to form our our little Filipino club. So um, yeah, like I said, um, if anyone you know has any suggestions, things that we we should do. Um, I guess we're, we're happy to hear it and we can kind of go from there. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh, LAFC Josh on Twitter. We will talk to you all next time. Good night. <laughs>